Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by the Alliance Safety Council, delivering instructor-led on-site computer lab and online training through more than 100 authorized training providers in 31 states and two countries. Headquartered in Baton Rouge, Alliance is focused on the future of learning technology and training process innovation for business and industry, for safety, and other corporate training needs. More information is at AllianceSafetyCouncil.org and by... Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. From Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. The tech industry in Baton Rouge may not be booming, but there are pockets of success and examples of entrepreneurial activity all around. Local companies that hit upon a good idea just a few years ago are today providing software solutions to clients all over the country and raking in revenues in the process. With me to discuss this today is Padma Vatsavai, founder and CEO of Vinformatics, a software development company that specializes in designing and maintaining custom and web-based applications, websites, and portals for public and private sector clients. To give you an idea of what that means, Vinformatics designed the web-based system that 90,000 victims of Hurricane Harvey in Texas used in 2017 to apply for disaster aid. The firm also designed two web-based portals for Louisiana economic development, including Louisiana Job Connection, which helps businesses find potential employees. Padma started the company just a little more than a decade ago with the intention of providing custom software to primary care physicians. In the years since, she has grown to have more than 25 employees and revenues in the 3 to $5 million range. Padma, it's a pleasure to have you here on Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. Joining me in Padma is John Morello, Chief Technology Officer of Twistlock, a Portland, Oregon-based firm that is changing the face of cybersecurity. Twistlock opened a Baton Rouge location in the spring of 2018 at LSU's Innovation Park and is continuing to grow with clients nationwide that include Gridspace, Aetna, and Workiva. Now, what makes Twistlock unique is its approach to developing cybersecurity solutions, which is more important, of course, than ever, given the growing threats to our cyber system and infrastructure. It's a cloud-native approach that is much faster and more efficient than what most of the competition is doing. John is going to explain to us what this cloud-based approach means. He brings nearly two decades of experience in the field to the firm. Before joining Twistlock, he was the Chief Information Services Officer at Albemarle, and before that, spent 14 years at Microsoft. But he is a graduate of LSU, which is the reason the company has opened a services center here. So, John, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Well, Padma, I want to start with you because you came here with your husband, physician, looking for something to do in Baton Rouge and a, a vague idea of wanting to develop a software company. And and that he could use in his office. And it has really evolved since then. Correct. So after having my third child, I decided to take a break and resign my job and really trying to figure out what I wanted to do with the next phase of my life. And at the time, um, one thing was obvious, I knew how to write software and I didn't really have other talents or skill sets. 
So um, I was really trying to explore options for myself and to position myself to uh, do what I enjoyed doing the most and also um, doing something that I felt really good about. Sure. And my husband happens to be a physician and at the time they had about 20 providers in their practice, in their group, and they were looking for software uh, tailored to primary care physicians and couldn't find one wow. that worked for their group. And I saw that an, as an opportunity and I was like, this is perfect. This is exactly what I should be doing. And I created a proof of concept that uh, uh, a nurse practitioner beta tested and uh, loved it, worked really well for them. So then I then spent uh, uh, quite a bit of my time trying to build, make it uh, into a, a full-blown product for primary care physician offices. For primary care physician offices in terms of their, their billing, their patient records. It is so for their patient records. Portals. To manage the patients and their medical profiles. It's EHR system. And uh, so it was tailored for primary care physicians, including internal medicine, family medicine, and pediatrics. Okay. So from there, we have grown organically, word of mouth spread, and uh, the clinics along the I-10, I-49 corridor from Baton Rouge all the way to Alexandria adopted uh, the software as their EHR system. We got it federally certified, and uh, we, were, we received positive feedback and uh, the feedback was actually overwhelming at the time. And uh, then I really started thinking about how to market it, take it forward and push it into other markets. And it's just really, really grown since then. Well, John, Twistlock is also this rapidly growing company and you all are developing cybersecurity tools that are different and better than everybody else's. How so? What makes Twistlock unique? We really try to create a lot of intelligence within our own software. One of the big problems that people have historically had with security products was it required a lot of manual configuration. You had to have a team of experts, people that would go in and configure it, configure all the settings. And then over time, the configuration that you would have would, would what often is referred to as rot, in the sense that as your applications would change and your infrastructure would change, the security settings would be out of sync with that, and it would cause problems, the application wouldn't work anymore. It was just a general point of frustration for people. And the software that, that we build is really designed to be much more intelligent and to learn the way that your applications normally behave and create a model to look for things that are wrong versus you having to configure everything by hand. Okay. Now, I mean, from what I understand, you know, cybersecurity is such a challenge because software changes so fast and the bad guys always seem to be ahead of where the, where the software developers are. How do you all stay ahead of, of the curve and ahead of the threat? Well, I mean, part of the value of having something that's as automated and that, that really stresses machine learning and intelligence, part of the value of that is that you're not trying to design software to attack or to, to protect against very specific attacks. You're trying to design software that instead understands what's normal and that by default prevents anything that's abnormal, which is a big difference from the way that security software has historically been, where you, like your antivirus software that you might have run on right. your PC, for example. Which it basically never seems has to a, work, by That's the way. right. And one of the reasons for it is it, it, it basically works works by having a list of all these different viruses and, and pieces of malware that could be bad. And if it sees something like on that list, then it'll try to prevent that. Okay. But ultimately, the bad guys, as you say, are always trying to figure out different ways. They'll, they'll make small in. changes yeah. and, and, and basically be able to avoid that. 
The approach we take is different. We simply say, these are all the things that your applications normally do, and we don't have to have a list of, of things that are bad. We just simply say, anything that's not included in that model of what's normal is automatically looked at as abnormal and prevented. Interesting. And it's a cloud-native approach. What does that mean, cloud-native? So cloud-native is, is basically a, a, an industry term that refers to the way that a lot of modern applications uh, are being built. Cloud-native basically means packaging up your application in a specific way, what's called a container, that allows you to run it in pretty much any environment you might want to, from your desktop to Amazon's data center to your own data center, et cetera. Um, if you think about this whole trend of digital transformation that you may have heard of, where basically the notion is every company, even if you're not a software company, you have to have a competency in building software because that's actually a competitive advantage. You know, People will choose to do business with you or with your competitor based on what kind of experience you give them, not just from a consumer standpoint, but a business to business standpoint as well. And the way that organizations are addressing that need and trying to maintain or to build that competitive advantage requires they be able to iterate on the software more regularly than they've been able to do in the past. And our security platform is designed to make that feasible and possible because, again, you don't have to have all the manual configuration. Fascinating. Now, meanwhile, over at Vinformatics, Padma, you all are designing a variety of software types, and you have moved way beyond just specializing in physician-related HR types of software That's products. correct. So what else are you doing? I mean, the web-based portals for governments, for instance. We build uh, custom applications. Mm -hmm. um, anytime a government agency or a um, private business, anytime they need to do something and they're trying to look for software to automate their workflows, to automate their manual processes, and they're unable to find one just because their business is either so unique and different, and their processes are uh, very unique in, in that uh, that puts them ahead of the competition, right? So then that's when we come into the picture, to build a solution that is very unique to how they operate, to how they work. Mm -hmm. So the solution that then we produce becomes very meaningful and very valuable to who their business growth and the way they want to scale, for instance. Uh, technology is now applied, it's applicable to any industry. Sure. And the reason why technology is powerful is it allows uh, companies to scale rapidly. Okay. Now, where are you all based? We are now down located downtown Baton Rouge. And you have 25 or so employees, maybe a few more? Right. And, and are they all mostly all software engineers sitting there coming up with these applications and writing the code? For the most part. But we also have project managers, mm -hmm. and we have an office manager, we have um, developers, we have quality assurance analysts, because the code that we write needs to be verified, Sure. make sure that it works and works well, and it meets, it, not only that does it work, but also it meets the needs of the client. Yes. So the software that we produce has to be aligned with the business need, and uh, so we have support personnel um, to make sure that uh, we offer a well-rounded uh, uh, application and a service to our clients. Now, John, you all are at the LSU Innovation Park. Correct. What are you all doing there that's different than what you do in Portland? Uh, is this just like a branch office, or is there a specific focus? There's in a the specific focus that we have here. So um, we started when we started Twistlock in, in 2015. It's a playbook that in the cybersecurity space is pretty well known. Uh, the two founders of the company, uh, Ben and Dima, are both Israeli. Uh, I've known Ben for 
you know, 14 years or something at this point, um, back to when we were both at Microsoft. So this playbook, uh, there's a lot of cybersecurity companies that start in Israel. Um, they'll keep their research and development, the people that actually like write the, you know, the main product, and that's what we still have is in Herzliya, which is a suburb a little bit north of Tel Aviv in Israel. Uh, and then our U.S. office, our, our headquarters is in Portland. That's where we have our sales and marketing. What we have in Baton Rouge is what we call our Global Solution Engineering Center. Um, the software that we have, even though it's designed to be really automated, which it, which it is, everybody's environment that, that they're going to deploy that software into tends to be very different. You know, we have lots, we have more than a third of the Fortune 500, a third of the Fortune 100, I should say, um, at this point. So, you know, you're dealing with like Verizon and Walgreens and Aetna and, you know, and then other companies, more sort of modern companies like Ancestry and, um, you know, Ancestry.com, for example, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. PayPal. You know, all these environments are very different. And so what we do in Baton Rouge is, it's the team of people here in Baton Rouge that works with all those companies around the world to help them build software on top of our security platform and to integrate the things that they already have into TwistLock. Fascinating. And how many of people are here? We have 12 people in Baton Rouge now. Are they local? I mean, did you find the talent here or did you bring them? Mostly local. We have really? a couple of people that have come from, uh, one from New York and, and one from Texas. But most of the people that we, we brought are from here. Uh, one of the reasons we did it at LSU was, um, as an LSU graduate, I mean, I, I felt like we had a real opportunity to develop a relationship with the university and, and mm -hmm. to kind of have a talent pipeline. Um, so we spent effort doing that and had have had some really great partnerships at, uh, at the university with the uh, with the engineering school and information systems department and uh, Jeff Moulton at the uh, Stevenson Institute. Uh, and through those relationships, we've been able to basically develop a talent pipeline where we always have at least one intern. You know, that intern will be a senior. They'll hopefully do well with this. They'll graduate. They'll become a full-time employee. We'll bring in another intern. So we've always got uh, people that are coming from the university to fill in these roles. And we hear so much about, you know, the need for, you know, talented, skilled workforce in Baton Rouge and in Louisiana, particularly in the tech sector. I mean, you all have not had any trouble getting the software engineers and the people you need to fill I wouldn't positions. say no trouble. I mean, I think, like, if you told me that, that, you know, if our goal was we had to hire 200 people, I, I couldn't have realistically done that in Baton Rouge today. Right. Um, but we need to hire, you know, 20 people over a couple of years, and I think that's very achievable. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to John Morello of Twistlock and Padma Vatsavai of Vinformatics. Padma? What about it? it, it Vinformatics. I, I would agree with John on that. Uh, um, if we are a small business and uh, we're looking for, at a time, maybe one or two developers. And we're not really trying to mass recruit. And uh, so uh, we have been able to find and retain talent. And we also work with LSU yeah. and also Southeastern. We're trying to work with South Southeastern to create a talent pipeline with interns, computer science students coming out of the school. And um, we always have interns in the office. And uh, we look for students that are intelligent mm -hmm. and uh, also have an interest in becoming full-time employees uh, once they graduate. Yeah. Has there, have you all noticed a difference and, and you would probably be in a position, Padma, to comment on this more than John because you've been here longer, but since the IBM you know, uh, center's been down there on the river. Are we seeing more tech talent coming to the market or coming at least out of LSU? Um, I don't know that there is a difference in numbers, um, from, you know, students coming out of yeah. LSU. However, 
we do see that uh, there are out of town employees from out of town, out of state uh, developers that uh, come to work for uh, companies like IBM. However, the local talent that goes to work for IBM, just because the name recognition, right? They get super excited about <laughs> oh, IBM is here. They they want me to work for them, and it's a, it, it's it's exciting for a 24 year old developer to go and work sure. there. However, they what I hear a lot from people that we may have hired from IBM, or uh, just having them around, is that they do travel yeah. quite a bit, and. Uh, and the travel gets old, I think, after a while. Mm -hmm. And they're constantly looking to find a small business where they can make a difference. And so that brings them to you? Yes. Or, or maybe to, to John? Yeah. What kind of competition do you all face in, in your respective special areas or niche markets? I mean, is there anybody else doing what Twistlock is doing? I'm sure there are other companies doing what Vinformatics is, but. I mean, it's a, it's a very, uh, I think it's just a, an extremely competitive space when you think about cybersecurity because there, I think everybody knows there's a lot of money in it. It's a need that's continuing to grow. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you have a, a large number of other startups that are you know, of kind of similar age and so forth to us. You also have a lot of incumbents, you know, companies that you probably would already know like Cisco or Palo Alto Networks or Symantec and people like that that are also competitors. So I think we always have to... You know, it's kind of the challenge of being a startup is you have some inherent advantages and in that you're smaller and you can iterate more quickly and you can be more responsive to customers. Um, those guys are, are often saddled with innovators dilemma type problems where they've got a huge base of customers that kind of want their legacy software and that can be very distracting and it'd be hard to like focus um, elsewhere. But uh, yeah, the competition is is, uh, is very, very intense and it's global. I mean, I, I travel all over the world on a regular basis um, because we have customers all over the world and we have opportunities all over the world. What about Vinformatics? Um, we specialize in custom software, although there are a number of companies in town that we do what we do, they also uh, have a broader offering, service offering, and we, are, we stay focused on the custom software solution side. And one thing that uh, I have uh, always tried to invest in was people and creating a culture where people feel uh, appreciated and uh, uh, recognized and rewarded for their contributions. And uh, one way when you have, when you are able to connect with your employees and team members, you have a much, uh, I guess, higher chance to retain talent because I have been able to retain um, talent and uh, not have to continuously uh, create the pipeline to hire, onboard, train, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's great. But John, you mentioned the Stephen Institute, and I mean, I think the work that LSU is doing in the whole cybersecurity space is fascinating and has huge potential because it is yeah. such a huge issue. I mean, is that what attracted y'all here? And I mean, what what do you see really happening out there where y'all are located? How much opportunity is there to... I mean, one of the reasons, I should say really the reason that we're here um, in Louisiana is that I'm, I'm from Louisiana. I've lived in Louisiana most of my life. We came back here in 2003 um, when I was with Microsoft. I'd originally lived in Dallas and Charlotte for a while. Um, to, to be honest with you, the main reason is the opportunity to both partner with the university and as Pavel was saying, I think we have a more uh, unique opportunity here to develop a culture that you can have people that want to really be bought in and really want to contribute and really care about it. Um, 
And that's something that you don't get if you're trying to do these same kind of jobs, like in the Bay Area, for example, where you know there's so many other opportunities sure. and people you know routinely change jobs multiple times a year. I mean, it's not looked at as a strange thing if you look at somebody's CV, you know, and they they're, multiple they never, times a year. Yeah, really? absolutely, wow. absolutely. You know, you you might see somebody that, that's in the past five years worked at eight different companies. Like that's not an odd thing, and it's not the kind of thing that you know you can't disqualify people on that because you wouldn't have anybody left if that were the case. Um, whereas here, we've been able to really develop a, a strong culture and really haven't had any kind of turnover because I think, as Padma was saying as well, you know, we, we try to treat people really well. We give people an opportunity to do work that is, has a real global impact uh, and to be able to do that from here in Baton Rouge. And, and you know, people typically love living in Louisiana. If you give them an opportunity to do cool work that, that's really engaging, they're going to take it. Most of your, your clients are all over the country. Correct. And world, indeed. Correct. Right. Padma... Most of informatics clients uh, regional. I mean, I know there's a lot in Louisiana, Texas, but are you all very regional? Do you have a regional footprint? And um, we're trying to uh, get into the federal space right now. To the what space? I'm sorry. Federal. Oh, the federal space, sure. And um, trying to grow uh, our footprint um, at a national level. So how do you get into the federal space? Do you need a lobbyist? Do you just need the right salesperson who knows the right person at the wherever up there? All of the above. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so our uh, sales, really, when you really look at it, no, it's not really transactional. Mm-hmm. It's a relationship mm-hmm. sale. So unless you have a relationship with the client and also the solutions that we design and build are rather expensive. Yeah. Uh, pricey and therefore it is hard for a client to or a company to trust their big large-scale projects with somebody that they've never done business with therefore it is a long the sales cycle is quite long and uh, once we start working on uh, a connection a relationship sometimes it could take three years before we're able to close the Deal. So, if it's government work, would you be responding, say, to RFQs, sure. or is it, or is it RFQs, RFIs, RFPs, all the time, all the time? So maybe you partner with somebody, right? right? So Who's we're trying to now understand how to navigate it, and uh, trying to really figure out who the right partners for us would be, and uh, um, building those relationships to get there. And that's a whole nother field of expertise, right? Yes. Forget software. Yeah. So, John, do you all do any, any government work? It seems like the government would be in huge need of we actually, good cybersecurity. We do. Uh, we sell quite a bit to the government. We have uh, literally a majority of cabinet-level agencies or Twistlock customers, so DHS, DOD, NASA, DOJ. I mean, so we have a lot of customers that, uh, that are in the federal space. One of the things that we found to be... Um, very helpful to that and just a good thing to do within the community is um, we actually are the co-authors of one of the the NIST, the National Institutes of Standards and Technology, um, the special publication, which is basically the set of security guidance that the federal government releases that other agencies, all agencies in the federal government and other uh, organizations around the world use. So we actually contributed and helped author that for the, the container security space that we operate in. So that must help. Absolutely. That must help tremendously. You mentioned something a few minutes ago I wanted to I wanted to go back to Israel. Why Israel? Why are so many you said this was, you know, 
pretty standard. To, Israel's done an amazing job as a country of uh, cultivating this startup culture uh, that they have. You know, there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, they don't have um, the resource curse that we have, I think, in Louisiana of having like plentiful oil and gas for 100 years that allow people to, you know, to not invest in in, mm -hmm. uh, in jobs that require more of a of a mental focus, I guess. Um, you know, you see that in other other parts around the world. I think so, sometimes that's a uh, a net negative, um, but in Israel they don't have that. They're also a, a pretty small strip of land surrounded, you know, with like eight million inhabitants, surrounded by, you know, a billion people who, who many of whom are very unfriendly towards them. Uh, and so they've had to develop a lot of expertise in how do they protect themselves. And you see that both in like physical space weaponry, like you have Rafael and other, you know, Israeli companies that that make missiles and all kinds of armaments. And they've really developed over the past 20 years a real competency in cybersecurity as well. Um, so you. So fascinating. Yeah, and so like you know, Ben, for example, you know, you'll see guys that the service that they do when they when they're uh, doing their Israeli Defense Forces time will be in a cyber-focused unit, and those people will take those skills and that knowledge and use that to start a company in the space, uh, and you know, hopefully draw on connections they have with people uh, in the U.S. for sales and marketing purposes and to work with customers. And that's pretty much the playbook that we follow. Interesting. And you mentioned investors. I, I suppose being based in in Portland, you, you haven't had so much trouble trying to find startup capital, and then the the financial backing well, I wouldn't to grow. Say that there's no that's never easy <laughs> like like uh, like there's it's it's hard it's always hard especially hard when you're at the very beginning you know when we you know raise the first rounds and and um, you know when, when you only have a you know 10 customers or something it's really hard to go and tell people and sell people on the vision that you know what what you're gonna do and you know how big you can be and, and why they should put money into you so I would definitely say it's not not an easy thing at all Padma what kind of experience has been from Addicts in, in trying to attract investors and the capital you need to start up and grow? and um, We really haven't uh, <clears throat> tried to bring in um, capital from investment groups. And early on, early stages of the business, we put in a lot of the, invested a lot of family money. And uh, I um, had a business loan. And uh, so I would say that it was all personal investment. Wow. And uh, never really approached or considered the and, idea. And you still haven't. Uh, Ten years. Uh, fortunately, right now we're financially, I think, uh, in a very stable uh, position, and uh, we've been able to attract the right kind of clientele to uh, have sustainability. And uh, I don't really foresee needing capital mm -hmm. at this time. But uh, as we're trying to grow the business and trying to bring in uh, people in some key positions, um, the, it could change quickly and uh, we could be pursuing that. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. This has been such an interesting discussion and it's so impressive to hear about the things that are going on in the Baton Rouge tech community. Padma Vatsavai and John Morello, thank you all both so much for being here and for telling us about your stories and your companies. Good luck in your endeavors and your continued success. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Padma Vatsavai of Vinformatics and John Morello of Twistlock. You can find out more about Vinformatics and Twistlock by going to our website, itsbatonrouge.la. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino, Dave Winwood, and Ann Edelman. 
If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website, itsbatonrouge.la, and on our It's Baton Rouge Facebook page. These photos were taken by Carrie Hosford, and you can find more of Carrie's photos at carriehosford.com. You can hear this show and past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts, including Spotify and at itsbatonrouge.la. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by the Alliance Safety Council, delivering instructor-led on-site computer lab and online training through more than 100 authorized training providers in 31 states and two countries. Headquartered in Baton Rouge, Alliance is focused on the future of learning technology and training process innovation for business and industry, for safety, and other corporate training needs. More information is at alliancesafetycouncil.org and by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world.